All right, gentlemen. New year, new us. Are you ready? New ass. What? Let's go. one true Ben and Mike I suppose really I should stop saying join this week because like um I'm gonna start this by ripping off the band-aid in terms of scheduling I'm going to, we're going for 12 dedicated episodes this year one one a month um plus maybe episodes as you know if like something comes up and like like I don't know we all see Megan too and we really want to talk about it i See, seeing as I had no interest in watching the first one, I don't know why I'd see the second one, but th- that's what I'm talking. Wait, there's um, a second one already? There, there will be. It made all the money at the box office. Oh, um, it's like, hey, it's it's child's play, but it's not it's not a boy toy. It's <laughs> girl, and it's not a guy a guy who's used voodoo magic to transplant his soul. It's just an AI. So it's <laughs> like automatically worse, in my opinion. Everybody's favorite villain now is the AI. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, just say this episode and then whenever we do an episode, that's like a a bonus episode, so to speak. We won't have to be like, wait a minute. How long has it been? Either that or I'll just continue to say this week and let it be an artifact of of things. So, yeah, Um, new year. So, yeah, new year, new us, kind of. And by new us, I mean, we're all the same person. Just with 2023 in front of our, you know, birthday. We're all the same person. What? No. Am I sure I'm awake? Is uh, this an AI thing? <laughs> right? Oh yeah, I'm gonna. We, we should get Chat GPL to have a to generate an episode for. It us. would like yeah. to play a game. Um, <laughs> as is t- our typical want, beginning of the year, we're gonna talk about the year going forward, things we're looking forward to, perspective, perspective, mm-hmm. and find out how wrong we were by the end. Um. But first, of course, um, signal boosts. Who has what and such and things? Um, well, okay, I'm going to start with the with the big elephant in the room, uh, or in the in the uh, in the fandom, and I'm going to shout out Linda Codega, uh, the reporter for Gizmodo that broke the OGL story. Um, I'm following her on Twitter right now. She is an utter delight. Uh, her and Gail Simone are two of my favorite Twitter accounts. Uh, so. Um, oh, you still use Twitter. Well, you know, Ben is old. Uh, ben is old joke. Um, but yeah, a lot of people still do, uh, including uh, Bria Iyengar and Eric Ishii. It, I mean, there's it, been a significant increase to. in active Twitter. You kind yeah. of have to, but it's also still kind of a, a, a hilarious dumpster fire. But well, that's beside the point. That could almost right. be an episode in and of itself, although I don't think it will. Be. I mean, that's never going to change because that's just humans. Right? Yeah. That and Goodreads. So, but yeah. Uh, Uh Uh-oh, Ben is toxic. Get the pitchforks. No, Goodreads is... I I do not go to Goodreads. It's a terrible place. Goodreads is is an interesting place if you uh, want bad uh, takes on books. So is this like like basically a meme now? Like how Yelp is kind of a meme? I don't know. Uh, Goodreads is basically... Goodreads is... uh, it's a source for a lot of toxic um, behavior, authors behaving badly, uh, fans behaving badly. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a place. All I know I about avoid. it is it's like an online thing where you leave book reviews. Like that's it. That's all I yeah. know about it. Uh, it gets much more complex and more terrible than that. 
Um, well, I will but, remain blissful in my ignorance then. Yes, yes, probably best that you do. Because, uh, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, but yeah, Linda Kadega um, basically uh, is the reporter behind the uh, the OGL break. Uh, she's been covering it from day one. Uh, she was even on with Matt Mercer uh, when um, when um, uh, Critical Role kind of released their their uh, take on it. So their non-statement statement. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they you know, had we... to be careful because they contractual still have, obligations, like, contracts yeah. with Watsy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I saw that shit coming a mile away. I'm like, okay, well, if they say anything, they're gonna say. Hey, we like all the good things, and maybe we'll talk about it later at some point. Maybe say yeah. as little as possible <laughs> at the moment. It's right. like a, it's like those Be things a... where like the defense guy comes out and they're talking about stuff where it's like, okay, well, I can neither confirm nor deny that, and there are no knowns and there are known unknowns and there are unknown unknowns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But, huh. Yeah. Holy crap! Anything, Anything else, Ben, or should I, uh, should I piggyback? We'll get to that. Um. um yeah. I think that's like? been pretty much mine, yeah. All right. Well, I have a pretty um I have a pretty broad um signal boost here, so I guess, you know, it's one of those things where you could just drop it in and not talk about it at all or it's something you could talk about forever and that is uh Rumble as a uh as a online video platform is becoming an actual competitor to YouTube these days. And uh you know, I'd heard about it. I'd I'd heard creators say, "Hey, you know, you can watch me in Rumble too, blah blah blah" and stuff like that. I never actually gave it a shot a try. And recently I was like, you know, I should actually go there and see what it's all about. And uh, I set up an account, which took about like five seconds. Like it's super easy, really good. It's not like, uh, you know, with the Google overlords for YouTube, it's like, oh, link account and this and that and all this crap. But that was really simple, quick, easy setup. And the site seems really clean and fast and responsive. And um, I just, you know, just kind of put my toe in the water and, uh, you know, followed a few people that, uh, you know, that I have on YouTube, I guess there's a, there's a terminology difference there. Instead of subscriptions, it's like following, you know, they, they, yeah. there may be some other thing as far as like some sort of like um, support or like um, context for a subscription, which I'm assuming is the case, which is why they call it following and subscribing to a particular channel. I'm making an assumption. Mm-hmm. I'll have to get familiar with more with the site, but it's, they're using the Twitter terminology of following whenever it comes to the channels that you uh, mm-hmm. follow. And uh yeah, I haven't used it a whole lot yet, but I tried it out and I was like, mm, I'm really impressed. Got a really good first impression. And, uh, you know, competition is good. And apparently they, um, apparently the monetization, now granted, you're going to expect that when it's like, you know, like a competitive thing, like, you know, the creators, it's like much better for the creators. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's been something among many things that people have not been pleased with YouTube about is uh, all the weird, capricious um changes and vague guidelines and stuff and it seems like they're going out of their way to like monetize as few as videos as possible to squeeze every last dollar out of it and like you know people get demonetized and they won't tell them why they're demonetized and it's you know there's a lot of bias uh politically on uh, on youtube and um as far as like who's demonetized and why and um that aside the political stuff aside it's just like from a creator perspective when it comes to the monetization they just keep making these um, guidelines like broader and broader and stuff. And apparently they just did an update recently. It's going to make it like even more common for videos to be able to be demonetized, but they'll still run the ads. So as a viewer, you have to sit through the ads, but then the creator that you're trying to support doesn't see any of that money. So, oh man. Yeah. That's kind that's of a, that's kind of a for, bug. <laughs> that's why I tend to go in for Patreon and 
other thing and other forms of uh of creator support yeah generally there's like direct yeah but generally there's direct um alternatives when it comes to supporting a particular creator or what have you there's usually a better way to do it um i'm not a big fan of patreon either uh but there's a lot of alternatives to that coming up i know subscribe star is one but yeah that's my that's my shout out for uh today my signal boost is rumble so i got two signal boosts first is our patreon of campaign (laughs) (laughs) um I will admit, I don't know how many listeners um, have because it's actually really hard to get those kinds of analytics from uh, from from people sub- directly subscribing to our website, which appears to be the primary way that the podcast mm-hmm. is disseminated from us by us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to try some. Mm-hmm. I would like to ask people to please, for one month, pledge a single dollar to our Patreon campaign. Is it patreon.com slash working? It'll cost you a single dollar, and it could really help us in terms of equipment, absorbing costs, things along those lines. And after a month, it'll also help us get an idea of how many people actually listen to us. After a month, if you don't want to give us another dollar, turn it off. But I am really kind of wanting to get a better picture of who is listening to us. And it's really hard to drive engagement. This is also your call to action. Send us an email. Go to our website and leave a comment. Go to our Facebook page and rate us on Spotify or Apple Music or Stitcher or Google Playlists or Google Podcasts or on Amazon because we're on all of them. Um, We're everywhere. We're everywhere. I know I say this at the end of every episode, but I feel like no one listens to the end con to, to the to the end credits, which you should because there's always a joke at the end plus there's been a coded message in it since day one um that no one's no one has yet picked up on um so yeah um if you could do that um and in other signal boosts um i was late to getting getting to the computer to record this episode because i was caught up playing neo remastered on my ps5 um i've been trying to get into kind of so a brief story by Neil Cordray. Um, I had a lot of I have a lot of friends who won't shut up about how good the Dark Souls games are, and I can tell from kind of watching them that they are good. The problem is, every time I've tried to get into them, I've kind of bounced off of. Them. Um, and I decided this year with my PS Plus super special awesome um subscription where i get access to a giant catalog of games that i can just download to try and get into dark souls like games like um but i'm kind of starting at the i started at the shallow end i started with jedi fallen uh order now i've moved on to neo and you know next i guess is neo 2 and then bloodborne and then the dark souls games and then maybe olden ring um and it's (laughs) just been very absorbing and very engaging and also, it's set during the Sengoku Jidai, and anyone who knows things about me knows that I like Japanese stuff, so. <laughs> no, you? Nah. I know, right? <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that's been, that, that is, uh, that, that's my, that's my less, um, less selfish, um, signal boost is, uh, um, N-I-O-H. I'm not just saying my. <laughs> uh, so on to the meat and potatoes of the episode, I suppose, um. Spoiler of the episode, New Year's resolutions are kind of bullshit. Like, (laughs) it's as good a time as any, I suppose, to try and better yourself, but you shouldn't wait for 
You shouldn't like wait for the new, for a new for the new year or um, or whatever. Also, tying it to the beginning of the year is a kind of a bad idea because statistically speaking, people are less energetic in the winter. And if you're in the northern hemisphere, like I assume the majority of our listeners are, um, you're in it's winter at New Year, so you're gonna get get to the gym or start dieting and no no i don't want to do that i want to sit on my couch and eat bonbons and die it's like oh i'm gonna mm-hmm. start jogging all the time and it's like fucking 30 degrees outside <laughs> right like i'm gonna I jog have, to the front door turn around and come back <laughs> i have been hitting the gym for a week now as of recording um but that the fact that i decided to do this around new year's was actually not like that was coincidental right. um I've been just meaning to get back to the gym because I'm sick of being out of shape. I was going to be like, Neil, what is, you're hitting the gym. What has it ever done to you? And I remembered, all right, it's the fucking gym. It's done a lot. It deserves to be hit. I'm proud to say that I actually um, maxed out the seated leg press machine. Congrats. So three sets of 10 at 5.05. Expect this podcast to become a fitness podcast by the middle of the year. No. uh (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. How do we know Neil's? Uh, how do we know Neil got into CrossFit? Because he tells us. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he doesn't the stop the telling. exercise world, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, what's that old joke? A vegan, I, a CrossFitter, and an atheist all walk into a bar. How do you know? Because they because they tell man- you because they just... managed to bring it up within five minutes of entering. Uh, Pretty much. Right? <laughs> yeah, how you can tell when you're yeah. Uh, Everybody knows. So, well, okay. So this is kind of weird. Uh, this last year was a really rough year for me writing wise, right? Speaking of new year's, you know, changes. Um, so I guess about a week or so ago, uh, this would be week two. Um, I picked up an old sci fantasy idea that, uh, that had been brewing in my head and now I'm nearly at 20 K words into it. Now, bear in mind, my normal goal is approximately a thousand words a day. Um, And I am about 250, less than 250 words shy of 20,000 words in under two weeks. And that's because it's at 20,000 because I took the weekend off last weekend. So I feel you there, Neil, uh, you know, inadvertently I've been going, yes, I'm writing again, working out a completely different set of muscles. Yeah. It's it's, And I will not, th- there was a thing that really did spur me to get it back into the gym, but, uh, it's personal and I'm not going to talk about it here. Right. Maybe I'd talk about it with my two co-hosts, but not on the air. Uh, right. so... so yeah, well, I, but I, I feel you too. Cause I had a family member, uh, actually have a heart attack on Christmas day. And let me tell you, there is nothing that puts a damper on your Christmas, like spending it, uh, at, uh, you know, at the ER. Got to hand it to the Cox folks though. Uh, they got them in, uh, and into the catheter lab within an hour of us arriving. Nice. Yeah. And in ICU by like 10 o'clock and we came in at like four. So yeah, they, that they took great is care of us. Unfortunately really fast. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah. So, yeah, if I had another one, I'd be, you know, uh, shouting out. Yeah, it's the folks at Cox Medical. <laughs> so, In case the, my two co-hosts care, I did put a thing in the... Um, but 
I was figuring we'd, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, um, so looking back a little bit first, I, I like to look back before uh-huh. I look forward. Uh-huh. Um, 2022 sucked um, for me. Um, like, obviously, the releases, the, the episode releases are kind of an indication of that. I just, I, I fought very hard with my mental health. Uh, um, Breach, brother. Yeah. Um, like I fought really hard with my mental health and just couldn't like, and, and I've taken some steps that are also personal to try and uh, deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's, and so I barely remember 2022. It's kind of all a blur of depression, anxiety, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful for 2023. <laughs> Things have been looking up this last month, um, and it's been a thing that uh, I'm hoping will be good. Got at least one big thing planned um, that I will go ahead and say now so that I can hold myself to it more. Our October episode. The plan, you two agreed to it, if you remember. Um, Give me a second here. Is to do the Heisei era of Godzilla. Yep, I remember. Yep. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Which, admittedly, is not nearly as many episodes um, or movies as the uh, as the Showa era. But um, similar to our episode where we... Or, well, actually, it was a two-part episode where we talked about every Godzilla movie from the Showa era. We're going to do that, do the same thing with the Heisei era, which is, these from two th- uh, which is from 20... Uh, or, sorry, uh, 1989 to 2019. It's actually just ended recently. I can start procrastinating now. Well, I'm going to make sure that we get the movies to you guys sooner than like a month beforehand. I know. I just know me. <laughs> so give everyone, give it, give all of us plenty of time to watch the movies, take notes and maybe watch them again. Was 2019 the, the newest one, the Godzilla versus King Kong? No, that is. What year was that? Was that 2020? That was 2022, and it's also not considered to be part of of official Godzilla. Was that really just last year? It Mm -hmm. feels like it's been longer than... Maybe it was two years ago? Also, that's not... It's not 20... It can't be... That is just wrong, because the Millennium Era started in 19... Mm. I don't know. Um, Well, you'll have time to get the the, date straight. The American... uh, The American... um, Whatchacallit? Godzilla movies... Godzilla, King of the Monsters, etc., aren't um, aren't fully considered part of official Godzilla canon to a certain extent. Uh, I just looked it up. Uh, it was twenty twenty one. Was Godzilla they're, they're, They Kong. are their own thing. The only um, is, um, humorously in Godzilla Final Wars, I believe it is. Um, Godzilla beats the hell out of Zilla, which was the crappy Godzilla that showed up in in New York with, in the Matthew Broderick movie. Hmm. <laughs> I think okay. it was Final Wars, but uh, Godzilla versus Momzilla. I mean, that's kind of what that one's about. The concept of canon when it comes to Godzilla movies makes me chuckle. Well, it's yeah, so given that the, the first movie that we're, that we're going to be watching um, for this ignores the entire Showa era except for the original Godzilla. Mm. And I don't even know. I mean, like, how's that supposed to work? Because the original black and white Godzilla, he was just obliterated by a nuclear weapon. Well, dead. They, they they come back into things about that in The Return of Godzilla, um, which uh, is acts as a as a uh, 
Huh, as Which, by the way, that you, you have to love the symmetry, right? Because Godzilla was created because of nuclear stuff, and then they destroy mm-hmm. him with nuclear stuff. No, they, <laughs> they destroyed him with the with, with the uh, with the oxygen destroyer. Don't you remember? It's not nuclear. It was an oxygen. Well, yeah, whatever. basically, whatever. It basically whatever turned Mambo into Jumbo, dust. They, they, I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Godzilla eighty death ray. Refer to it or Godzilla. Sorry, eighty five. Hmm. Um, but yeah, anyhow. That 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 is a teaser yeah, for right. Oxygen nine months from now. <laughs> so we will attempt to birth it properly. There's a nice, disgusting metaphor for. It. Yeah. So what are we looking forward to this year? Or Mike, do you want to offer your closing remarks on 2022? Uh, let's see, 2022. Um, well, obligatory Final Fantasy 14 stuff. Um, I think the uh, the post in Walker patches have been really good. A lot of good content and quality of life uh updates and stuff and i'm i'm digging the story so far um because that was uh that was right before 2022 when in walker released it was originally slated for november 2021 and they pushed it back a week so it was uh it was december 2021 when that came out um let's see uh elden ring came out that was a big deal at the beginning of the year i believe um i didn't play it personally but it looked pretty badass i saw there's some Streamers slash YouTubers that I check in with from time to time, and they all seem to think it was awesome. Um, and uh, like apparently George R. R. Martin did like the lore of it, the world or something. So that was kind of you know anything he can do that's not uh, the book series, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anything that's not a Song of Ice and Fire, he's all over it. Um, about- <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's yeah, a lot of George R. R. Martin did the did the lore for Elden Ring. That was there's a lot of least uh, winds of winter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of various uh, TV shows that looked like hot garbage that I that I avoided, like The Plague. Um, things like She-Hulk and Willow and Witcher Blood Origin. Although I guess that was um, not really a series. Well, I don't know if that was a mini. I guess She-Hulk that was, a was okay, except for its final episode. Willow. That's something I'll get into in the stuff we missed episode. Yeah, I was out of left field. It's like, hey guys, remember Willow? We're making a series about it that no one had any interest no one no one's asking for this like whatsoever i thought it actually <laughs> kind of looked kind of interesting but there's so many other things for me to watch and or play apparently yeah. the writing is complete garbage so was which the, is the a common the theme with this stuff called. oh i i don't mm-hmm. doubt it but it like people seem to have like i don't know how much of it is just nostalgia and how much of it is like you know that actually holds up but the people that I that I know that have seen the Willow movie seem to think it's pretty good. They're not, you know, they're not like, oh my gosh, it's such a classic. But they're like, oh yeah, that was a fun movie that I remember fondly. Mm-hmm. You know, something to that effect. Right. Um, uh, Cobra Kai movie. season five was really good. I like that. Yeah. There, we'll talk more in 2023 portion, but uh, they just announced season six. The final season is going to be uh, releasing late this year, I think, sometime later in 2023. Uh, which I I, I I like the fact that it's one of those shows where it's like, hey, um, we're actually gonna decide to end it and go out on our terms instead of like, oh, hey, let's just keep doing the show until it becomes a ridiculous like crappy shell of its former self and yeah. you grow to hate it. <laughs> so I'm I'm excited that if assuming they nail the landing and it's assuming they stick the landing, um, it'll be like mm-hmm. a show that was actually good, um, throughout its entire run, which. In in my experience, um, that seems to be around the sweet spot for shows is like five or six seasons for them to like stay consistently good. So that mm-hmm. sounds about right to me. Uh, Breaking Bad was friggin' amazing, and that was five seasons. Uh, Justified was a really good show, and I'm pretty sure that was five seasons. Seems like five or six seasons seems to be around the sweet spot for most like quality TV series. Yeah. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see what else. 
Uh, I'll be honest, there wasn't a whole lot of like video game stuff for me because I'm like an FF14 addict these days. So I didn't really play a lot of other games and I, I dabbled a bit, but like nothing that was like a new lease, you know? So it's kind of hard for me to weigh in on like some of the newer stuff. I mean, Neo Remastered came out in 2020. Uh, remasters. I'll, I'll rant about that when we get into 2023. But, uh, yeah, no, that's not a whole lot for me. I guess that's the long short of it is there's a lot of crap I avoided and I'm only stuck with FF14. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, actually, um, I forgot to mention uh, Top Gun Maverick was really good. I really enjoyed that. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, um, it didn't didn't make a big splash, but it's been um, it's been selling pretty well on DVD, Blu-ray. I think uh, Father Stew um, that came out, uh, I believe it was April. Um, my 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 one main gripe was kind of like. I don't think I think Mark Wahlberg should have got somebody else to play the part instead of just doing it himself. It seemed like he was a little old for it to be like convincing, you know. <laughs> you know how that is where they have like an actor that plays mm-hmm. a spot and it's like you can only like de age or have plausible deniability. Uh or not plausible. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Um suspension of disbelief. So yes, thank you. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. So uh, I was like, mm, he probably should have got somebody else to do that main role, but uh yeah, you know, I mean, when you pump millions, when you, when you pump a ton of money into your own thing, I can kind of understand wanting for yourself. Uh, but anyway, that's pretty much it for me. All right. Well, looking forward to 2023 then. Um, in broad strokes, I hope to be taking even better care um, care of my mental health. Hitting the gym, which has been just you know getting out there and getting stuff done, makes them adorable. Um, podcast we're gonna hope to do at least 12 episodes hope and potentially more as things said as i said. and uh i'm gonna watch a bunch of movies i'm gonna play a lot of video games so spoiler alert <laughs> that sounds like yeah fun. i think that's a good um i think it's a good structure though because um we'll have more time to kind of like uh, plan ahead and prepare this stuff and mm-hmm. kind of quality over quantity kind and, of a thing and like and like i said 12 episodes plus like if something right. comes up and i'm like hey Let's do a hot take on this. I might actually even, we might actually even call them hot takes. They might be short, like not as long as our regular length episodes. Um, well, the nice thing about that too is that we're not really committed to a uh, substructure there. We can kind of experiment with it and see kind of mm-hmm. like what works the best as far as just practicality reasons and what we're enjoying the most when it comes to like the that format being said, next month we're going to talk about the OGL. Oh, yes. Teaser! <clears throat> Yeah, we're all yeah. in agreement on that because there is a lot to talk about. A lot to unpack, a lot to, and a lot to see what happens when it falls out. Yeah, because like, we could, we could spend, I'm pretty sure we could spend this entire episode just talking about what has no, happened. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. But we're also on the, on the cusp of, you know, of the fallout for that. And that's going to be interesting. So yeah, we need a we'll little time for that. Too. I do like the, I do like the idea of there being like a lot of more, a lot more like, competition mm-hmm. and like interest in that space in general so i feel like that'll be a good you know like a like a positive result from all the the brouhaha you know exactly. people going oh wait a minute i don't have to be tethered to one particular system i don't right? I actually have to play dungeon like i haven't bought an actual dungeons and dragons book in a decade plus and i've bought plenty of books like mm-hmm. i just recently got off kickstarter um my avatar tabletop role-playing uh, package, which is sweet, I might point out. Um, the analogy I would use is like, imagine if you grew up playing Nintendo, and then it's like, oh, I guess those are the only video games I'll play for the rest of my life. 
no PC, no Sony, no Microsoft, no nothing, just nothing but Nintendo. And it's like, no, actually, there's plenty of options. <laughs> you know? Same time. It's actually, that's a very good analogy because at the same time, you absolutely could. Right. Yeah. You'd yeah. Be I missing mean, out, there's a, but you absolutely could. Just there's a lot play. of great Nintendo stuff. And yeah. Right. It's like, why put those um, artificial shackles experiences? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you can reach 100 in every, you know, in every uh, skill in Skyrim without leaving Whiterun. But why? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because, I mean, that that's... In and of itself, yeah, I imagine it's a nice challenge, but does it make for the, the kind of game I want to play? No. I want to make a little note here, now that you bring that up, that gives me an idea, which is uh, ga- gaming challenges. Where you just come up with a like, oh, hey, I want to do this just because. Or like, you know, like contests or magazines or public or whatever that would be like, hey, can you do this or whatever? Because I remember like back in the day, Nintendo Power would have those challenges. Like one of the OG mm-hmm. ones was beat the original Final Fantasy with four white mages in your party. You know, shit like that. Uh, one of the ones that I do when I'm playing Fallout is like play the game with just pistols or go on mission, you know, a mission and just bring pistols. Well, I mean, you know. if you're playing Fallout 2, the Gauss pistol is the best weapon in the game. Yeah, but you you don't get that until what? The very beginning of the game. The Gauss pistol? Well, you see, the proper way to play Fallout 2 is to go from Arroyo directly to Los Angeles and do the Navarro um, subquest, get your power armor, and a bunch of other late-game gear, quote-unquote. Sell most of that, pick up the Gauss pistol because it only uses small guns, which you're probably decent, and then do the rest of the game. I mean that's a that's a you know that's a worthy challenge, but or it's you know like, like how the proper way to play uh, the original Fallout is to go left from from uh, fall from uh, Vault Thirteen at the very beginning of the game and hit the uh, and, and end up immediately at uh, the um, what you call it the Cathedral of the of the Children of the Apocalypse, um. <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, I mean I like the idea of going through. It's like one things I wanted to do is have like one one pistol that i have from the beginning of the game you know or something like that or one you know one type of weapon or build a specific build fallout 4 is good for for specific builds those fallout two that we've had this conversation um right so yeah gaming challenge would be kind of cool that could be yeah we'll throw that in the episode thank you thank you um so let's talk about things that are coming out um this coming year and Mike and I can go on a li- on Mike and I can both go on and I can also offer counterpoints to a rant over how they keep remaking shit. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the first thing that, that popped up in my view, um, mm-hmm. which was a game that apparently came out eight days ago, PS five, Xbox series X and S switch quest, uh, quest, whatever the quest is in PC Oculus quest. Mm-hmm. They remade colossal cave. Uh, don't ben, are you old enough to remember Colossal Cave? Well, I I predate most video games, so I think you've mentioned this in passing before, Neil. But I don't I don't really know what it is. Oh, I didn't realize they rem- they were remaking, but I didn't realize they ever made it. Colossal Cave is a 1976 text text adventure. It is one of the OGs, like. I love the idea, by the way, the concept of remaking text-based things. It's like now the font is super crisp. Well, no, apparently they uh, they they actually made it with graphics, but it's like ah uh, ah uh, I'm sorry, what? That's okay. What? Hold on. I, you you mentioned hot takes. I'll give you a fucking hot take right now. 
if you take something that's text only and then you make it completely not text only, yeah, that's not a fucking remake, bro. That's a that's a complete different game. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a like yeah, it could be based exactly on the thing, but it's like it's so different at that point, then it's not even really. I wouldn't consider that a remake. It depends depends partially on how they did the remake, but at the same time, it's still. Uh, you... I feel like it's you're almost adapting media to a different form of media at that point. It's so different. It would be like, oh, hey, we took this manga and well, made an anime out of it. A, it's a remake. It's a point-and-click like, well, no, adventure now. Completely different. So, yeah. Mm. Well, that's somewhere in the same out that that's wheelhouse, I guess. But very. Oh, yep. And it's the batteries. Hundreds of, sn- of small twisty passages. All I guess that's alive. as close as you get, right? Because um, point-and-click is basically like, hey, it's text-based, but with pictures. <laughs> like more or less, right? When you look at those things like Mist and Riven and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I, I just, uh, uh, that is my <laughs> reaction. To, they made. You're going to have to translate your grunt, dude. I don't know what that means. Colossal cave. Is that yeah. exasperation? Like, I can't believe they did this? Or what, what does that mean? I don't, like, I can't believe they did it. I don't, on, on further introspection, I'm not sure how to feel about it. But because looking on at the one yeah. hand, what? Mm-hmm. Well, looking at the graphics on it and everything, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Oblivion. Yeah, well, no, it's not, it's not super high res. That's not what I, like, the way, the reason I don't know how to feel about it is because on the one hand, mm-hmm. I have played, I have beaten the text mm-hmm. adventure. And anyone who's played text games can, I can legitimately lay claim to the shirt that says, I got the Babel fish, <laughs> which I know Ben gets that reference. Well, that's from, uh, that's Hitchhiker's from Hitchhiker's Guide, right? The Hitchhiker's Guide text adventure, getting, figuring out how to get the Babel fish in, involved so much moon logic. <laughs> um, but so I, on the one hand, I am happy that people are going to be able to interact with you know the founding history of video game right on the other hand it's not like you can't download just the game right well that and the vast 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 majority of people are going to have no idea that it was ever a thing in the first place yeah yeah it's it's, i mean it predates most people's birth you know i mean it predates mine too but it i i have the benefit of having a brother who is a history mate mm-hmm. um and um um also into video uh, it was originally called the colossal cave adventure or sometimes also just adventure mm. it's where that gives me another episode comes from it's a history of gaming and preserving you know like yeah mm-hmm. that, that, that's history, why i'm that's, that's why i'm my i'm conflicted as i think about it because it is it, it is historical preservation to a certain extent but it's also you know losing some of the charm of the having to read and imagine it. Right. It's uh, it's like the philosophical thing with like a ship or a car where you start removing pieces and then when does it stop being the thing, you know? Right. Good old ship of Theseus. Yeah, ship of Theseus, that's right. Um, but also they're remaking like a billion other games this year. Well, as, as we record this, uh, Dead Space remake just came out. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. that, as I understand, is not a remake but a reboot. Oh, hmm. okay which is a little bit different. Um, like a remake where they just re-release the old game. It's like, you know, how many times are they going to do that with Skyrim? Um, so the difference there, like for people that can, you know, get a little unclear on like the terminology being thrown around, like a remake would be like 
Diablo 2 Resurrected was a remake of Diablo 2. It was like an enhanced version of the original game. A reboot would be like Devil May Cry when that game came out that was like EMC Devil May Cry. Get the name right. <clears throat> and nobody gives a fuck, man. <laughs> Everybody likes the OG series. That's where it's at. What's, I still think Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition is still my all-time favorite. Oh, it's a fantastic franchise. game. DMC Devil May Cry actually was was a not bad game. No, I mean I heard it was good. It got overall good reviews. Like just it wasn't bad. So many or anything. people were like, "Why did you do this to?" Yeah, a lot of people are just like, "But why?" <laughs> yeah, and also that never goes over well. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you significantly change an iconic character like that, for the yeah. most part, it doesn't. So as well. I understand it, this Dead Space is a reboot. So it's not just okay. re-releasing Dead Space One on an updated system. It like if you played Dead Space One, the original, you don't. The only thing you really know about this one is that you are a guy named Isaac, and you've got a gun, and there are these space zombies, or a tool at least, and you're like an engineer, and you're yeah, it's like a space zombie alien type situation. Yeah. Uh, I always say my broader point stands though, which is um, we need more original ideas and IP instead of just remakes and reboots every five minutes. I definitely agree, but to play devil's advocate for the industry a bit um original content is really hard to make um because it's a gamble so from a business perspective you are like you know why should i I make this thing that sounds fun versus why shouldn't i make um another sequel to i mean i feel like that's baked into the conversation though like that's just understood as a baseline like Mm -hmm. that that dog doesn't really hunt for me like to be honest i know you're saying you're just kind of playing devil's advocate but i mean you know i absolutely yeah i absolutely agree that they should uh, it is a business and you know uh when it comes to business people are risk averse that is the nature of business but like then there's the other aspect which is like okay well big risk big reward you know and then not right. only that, but like, guess what? Not every game has to be a giant fuck all triple A game. You know, it's just like movies, how like there have been mm-hmm. like mid tier movies where it's like, it's not a giant tentpole, like, you know, Disney spectacle or whatever. Um, but it's not like a tiny little indie movie clerks esque kind of thing either. It's like somewhere in between where it's like, okay, it's got mm-hmm. a decent budget and we're mm-hmm. confident in what we're doing and it's original and we release it and we make some profit. It's like, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm boom or bust you know and like that breeds more i I feel like it gives there's like precedence and it gives like permission for people to try new things and not be like way on one end of the spectrum when it comes to like the budget and scope of the game yeah right well and the thing is is that all these remade games and stuff like that were original at one point somebody had to take that chance right exactly death space is actually a perfect example of this like that game kind of came out of nowhere and it was like you know, I mean, obviously, like, you know, nothing new under the sun. And there's going to be inspiration from, you know, various media as far as like, you know, alien mm-hmm. and zombie movies and whatever, obviously. But it's like it was a unique thing that nobody saw coming. It was its oh, own established yeah. thing and it became its a own lot, thing. Yeah. A lot of the problem um, these days actually comes from from a certain extent comes from uh, the elimination in the marketplace of the quote unquote double A studio. Mm hmm um the it in the pretty much yeah. right now all you get is indies and triple a's what we really need is a return of game companies that fill that niche you were talking like where they make mm-hmm. where, where instead of spending you know 300 million dollars on a game that's expected to make a billion they spend like a million dollars on a game that's expected to make like 10 uh 
I do feel like you're starting to kind of see a little more of that in the sense of, uh, although, you know, I mean, so it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a slippery thing where it's like, okay, you'll have like a studio that's known for an indie game and they get bigger and bigger. And then it's like, uh, and then they get bought by a triple H to develop. Well, yeah, they'll just get bought out, which is, uh, and then you get bought out and then it's good. It falls to shit. Conversation, but (laughs) (laughs) I guess what I was getting at though, let's say for the sake of argument, this particular company doesn't get bought out. But they just get bigger mm-hmm. and bigger, and then they just become the big thing again. But uh, I, like recently, I feel like there's been, you know, there's been a lot of like indie success where then they actually have more of a budget because they have an established success. So then you get some of those uh, Goldilocks games where it's like it's still somewhat indie, but it's a lot bigger than just like a first indie release or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you know, I I don't know. It's kind of the 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 landscape is so dynamic that it's hard to kind of like predict where these things go but that would be my optimistic my my hope for the future is that the success of uh indie games and the kind of like diversification of like games distribution and stuff um will mean that you have more of those like in between budgets you know yeah i hope i don't know i guess time will tell it'd be good yeah that's that's one thing too is like back in the day like when gaming was less um internet centric and less like streaming and digital release centric um you were kind of like locked in where it's like okay this is releasing for a console or there's like a limited amount of like people interested in pc gaming or whatever it is and it's like okay so we have like we have these uh we have these like hard and fast like um parameters of like how much space can fit on the disc or cartridge and like how much does it cost for an average you know uh nintendo game or xbox game or playstation game or whatever and it's like everybody had to kind of like design around that yeah. and now there's a lot more like wiggle room because even with the consoles like now all the consoles are connected to the internet and have hard drives and do downloads and dlc and all the shit so it's like you'll have something that's like an indie game that's like super small and cheap uh both to make and for the price for the game and that's getting a wide release across all these different platforms at once you know so it's like there's a lot more flexibility as far as like who plays what, where, and when, and for how much. Actually, that's another business model thing too, is the whole idea of like game passes and shit, you know, like with uh, mm-hmm. Xbox, with Microsoft and Sony and like, you know, um, like PC stuff, like uh, like Gamefly Digital and shit like that, where, you know, you might have like a game or like episodic thing that gets kind of like, kind of like a, uh, kind of like a streaming uh, TV series or something like that, right? Where it's like, it's kind of, like sold to or designed for that uh, platform or business model. Right. A lot of segues there, but originally yeah. we we're talking about remakes and reboots, and there's a yeah. lot of them for 2023. A lot of coming out. It's um, definitely relevant. <laughs> a few that I'm actually still really looking forward to because, like, they were on the PS3, and PS3 is a really interesting system um, from a um, from a design perspective. It the way the PS3 ran and worked was unlike pretty much every system before and after. Um, so yeah. they are notoriously hard to emulate. Um, a comp- they, a, ha- a emulation t- recently, uh, um, and by recently I mean in late December of last year, um, got to uh, um, announced that they can now get every single PS3 ISO that they have to actually boot on their emulator. And this was newsworthy. Like, it made, I want to say, Polygon or Kotaku or something. Um, Mm. Now, keep in mind, they didn't say run. They said boot. 
So tens huh. of people, tens of people read about it then. <laughs> yes. Um, so like talking about t- talking again briefly about uh, game preservation and history. Uh, that's a like that is why emulation is good. Um, is for being able to preserve games that you couldn't that like you're lucky if you find it in a garage sale. We'll get into it when we do that episode. But yeah. uh, another an interesting wrinkle on that conversation is online games because mm-hmm. you have like you know official support that ends, but people will have like private servers and stuff mm-hmm. for like old games that are no longer supported. Well, and I think I'd, it'd be nice if you yeah. know there's like more of a more of an attitude of like. Hey, more power to you when the de- from the developers, oh, publishers, yeah. or whatever. Because it's like you know, there's no reason to like take your ball and go home. Because it's like, okay, well, um, it's not like somebody's profiting off your thing per se at that point. That's just people, or at like, least they're not taking money out sell. of your pocket. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess te- in theory, like somebody could be profiting off it in a sense of, hey, we're offering the service, but like, yeah, they're not taking money out of your pocket because you're you wouldn't make the money because yeah doing it not providing the thing anymore anyhow to get back to why i went on that small uh tangent i apologize uh persona 3 and persona uh persona 3 portable and persona 4 golden uh just came out um, on modern consoles they were ps3 and psp exclusives um which made them darned hard to play and i'm a big fan of persona games um so the fact that those are now available for me to get lost in I'm happy. Um, that makes sense that uh, it was on PSP because I noticed that there's a Nintendo Switch version. So, you know, doing the whole mobile Switch thing would be a perfect fit for that. Let's see. Games. Um, Forspoken came out recently. The jury is split. It looks pretty cool. So that that is, the jury does say, man, it looks good. Um, it kind of reminds me of Death Stranding. Like, oh man, this game looks great, but then like a lot of people say that it's boring and plays like shit. <laughs> well, some people right. say that the play is one of those things you're either going to love or hate, and the story is similarly going to be something you either love or hate, which is why the, the jury is as split as it is. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, well, if I don't like it, you might. I certainly don't. Right. <laughs> see what else is coming out this year. Um, like a Dragon Ishin, that I am excited about. Apparently there's going to be a Street Fighter 6. Good for it. There's so many iterations of Street Fighter that whenever they actually put out a new number, it blows my mind. I'm like, oh, really? You finally decided to actually up the number? Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, right. if, if you ever want to chuckle, fucking Google the history of Street Fighter releases. Like, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Super, Super Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, and, like, like 20 fucking games and then finally it's like third strike street fighter three and they, they go through like 10 iterations before they actually add a number equal so well not, okay. not as much anymore but yeah especially in the older in the older ones oh there's been like three versions of street fighter four I mean, it's not as blatant as the previous games but they're still kind of doing their thing so interesting thing here anybody any fans of one piece i guess one piece odyssey is out good for it i haven't seen it but um i've heard recently that it's like actually a really good show, and apparently the premise is like like a treasure hunt. So that's kind of unique. So I'm current. I'm almost current on one, which is saying something because it has one thousand one hundred and seventy six episodes. I think. Yeah, that's the other thing that I heard is like it's been going on forever. There's a million episodes, and there's it's a good chunk of them that are just the filler. 90s. It's like oh. notoriously. Is it true that it's notoriously uh, filler 
heavy, I would assume, with that many episodes. So surprisingly, no. And the um, like, there are there are definitely filler episodes, but the manga has been be getting released weekly because it's part of Weekly Shonen Jump um, since the '90s as well. Um, so the fact that um, so it only like come it it only <clears throat> isn't um, sorry one thousand. <clears throat> 1,040, 1,048 episodes. I was wrong. It doesn't have quite as many, but, um, so there is filler, but it's not nearly as bad as say Naruto or Blue. Okay. The other two members of the quote, big three, um, shonen anime. Are they doing a, uh, a new Trigun series as well? I thought I heard something about yes, that. Yes, and I haven't looked at uh, Like, I've looked a little bit at it, but they also eliminated my favorite character, and so and I'm kind of mad about that, so... I don't remember a whole lot because it was so long ago, but uh, I watched the original Trigun, and I really liked that series. Yeah, well, um, what they call an old Taku. These... What's the difference between an otaku and a weeaboo again? Oh, I said old Taku, for one, but um, oh, okay. primarily... Um, Primarily, one is derogatory and one is very derogatory. <laughs> so otaku is derogatory and weeaboo is really derogatory? Weeaboo is... Yeah, it, it, it's... Or weeb it, for short, as the we, kids say. Yeah, being a weeb is much more likely to be considered an insult than being called an otaku. Even though in Japan, uh, being an otaku is also... I feel like in internet culture, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing and seeing people throw it around like all the time, though. So I kind of feel like... Um... I feel like people like claim it to like take yeah, away its power, things, right? Yeah, it's one of those things that that that's been taken, especially by American fans. Um, but yeah. Anyway, don't want to too off in the weeds. I was just curious. But uh, yeah, no. One Piece has been airing since since October of nineteen ninety nine. Um, and wow. yeah. before the Matrix came out, the yeah. Matrix came out like holiday season nineteen ninety nine, right? And like you know, it's still going um there is there are rumors that it might be wrapping up but who the heck actually knows? oh i should mention before we run out of time because uh you know obviously huge final fantasy fanboy over here final fantasy 16 is coming out in uh some point heck in yes. may i believe and uh Super man exciting. it looks so fucking good like okay so obviously i'm always um raving about ff14 so Naoki Yoshida, a.k.a. Yoshi P, who's the main head honcho of um, FF14, now actually is on the board of directors for Square Enix, because uh, he's like, you know, he's like the goose that l that laid the golden egg that got promoted to management, more or less. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he is, uh, he's also heading up FF16. That poor guy's been working his ass off lately, and he needs to, you know, take a, take a little me time so he doesn't keel over for his own sake and for ours, because we yeah, want him to that, live a, li that is, live that a long, very, healthy that life. That's very un-Japanese, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it. here's the thing. It's like, when, when somebody's considered a workaholic within the context of Japanese culture, that's really bad. Because, like, right. there'll be Japanese people, like, on, like, the dev team or whatever, and they're like, yeah, that guy really works hard all the time. And I'm like, shit, man, like, by your... <laughs> that's yeah. by your scale, so that's like... Right. Anyway, there that, are two games coming out in March that I'm looking forward to. One specifically and one tangentially. Star Wars Jedi Survivor is going to be is coming out in March, and that is uh, I am looking forward to that. Um, and uh, I played Jedi Outcast. It was what got me started in the my my devolving you know my getting into the Souls like games. Um, 
See, I didn't even realize that that could be considered Souls-like. It's Souls-like light. So it's like it has similar gameplay elements, but it's like yeah, not as challenging. Yeah, it, it's it's much more forgiving. Okay. Than honestly, Neo. Um, and more importantly, they're remaking Resident Evil Four. <laughs> Thank you. Um, specifically, I am happy about this because I've been meaning to cosplay the merchant from Metacon for a while, and now I have a very good excuse. You mean Resident Evil 4? You just said Final Fantasy 4. Yes, I do mean Resident Evil. The merchant from if you if it was actually the mer- merchant from FF4, that could mean a lot of things. You could be like a fucking bunny. You could be yes. like uh, an old man, like a sage that looks like the dude who gives you the original Sword Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I could be many people. <laughs> could be just my, a no. gen- generic villager. No, I, I just mean re- I meant Resident <laughs> Evil, and I said the wrong thing. I even did the voice. Come on. Yeah, that's why I'm that's why I'm holding your feet to the fire because yeah. you committed. It's an easy cosplay to do, but I'm looking forward to it. And the fact that it'll be a it'll be a semi recent reference that people will get, as opposed right. to people being like, "What are like, you?" Back in my day. Also, it's great because if you wind up like handing out candy, that's the perfect handout candy. Uh, well, cosplay. I mean, I'm gonna. I hope to have it ready for Vision Con when I work Ben's booth, <laughs> and you know, people can walk by and I can be like, <clears throat> "What are you buying?" I need to get, I need somebody to get a cat costume so somebody can go Kajita's wares and you have coin. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, there's a classic penny arcade strip with the uh, the merchant from Resident Evil Four. Like Leon is in there and he's all frazzled and stuff, like you know bits of like blood on his uh, outfit or whatever. And he's like, "Ah, oh, there's zombies fucking everywhere." And he's the shopkeep dude. Just like you know, gives him his little spiel and he's. He's like, what, are you kidding me? Like, we're fighting for our lives or something like that. And then he's like, holds up his pistol, his head, and he's like, oh, hey, I got a coupon here. It says, uh, I get everything in the store for free or I fucking kill you. And he's like, oh, uh, that's a pretty good coupon. (laughs) (laughs) Every big savings at every department, January 14, 2005. There you go. Because my superpower is Google. But seriously, that that guy would pop up in these obscure locations, and it's like, okay, who are you selling to, bro? The best part like, of right? it is, how is this it, business model feasible? Best part of it is, um, it is established um, that it is in fact the same guy every time, because oh, okay. you can shoot and kill him, and if you do, he doesn't come back. He doesn't come back for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, that's a big mistake. <laughs> Right? And if you do that, you are fucked. <laughs> so the best of both worlds, you uh, you find a you find a game guide or whatever, and you look up the last time he appears. And the last time he appears, you kill him. Yeah, you can do that, which is literally uh, right before the elevator to the final boss. So yeah, bit of a furic victory, I suppose. Yeah, it's kind of useless. <laughs> it's like let's kill him right after we don't need him. Apparently, I'm sorry. He only doesn't respawn in professional, de- um, but. Um, Really professional. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yes, they do. Difficulty. Leon, the professional lols. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, there are also movies coming out. I guess Aquaman is coming out. Um, Quantum Mania is coming out. Um, what else did I have in here? Because I was looking movies up. Surprisingly, um, surprisingly, the Super Mario movie actually looks pretty entertaining. I am looking right? forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to, to the second part of Dune. That one's coming out too, yep. But I gotta say, like, I know it's our bread and butter, and I will probably go out and go to see them. Oh, hey, there's gonna be a part one of a, of a Mission Impossible movie. 
yeah that's right guilty pleasure um but i know it's our bread and butter to talk about these about uh like superhero movies and the like but i'm really getting burnt out on them i'm surprised it took you this long it took me pretty like the burnout began after uh after infinity yeah well i mean that was basically the last one that was worth watching anyway as far as i'm concerned a few of them are okay um but you have to admit that even the ones that you think are okay like they're forgettable right like if they never happened you wouldn't have really like there wouldn't really be much of a difference that that is the problem now i sort of i go see them primarily because i feel kind of obligated to out of one my friends still really liked it like i've got a group of friends that i go see and they really like to go see those go see them with them because that's my way of hanging out Um, i can understand that but like the hype just isn't quite as there for me well in a way i mean they kind of well i don't know i was gonna say they blew their water early with the within but they didn't though like they built that up over years and years and years like it's fine yeah. but now it's just over yeah, it's right. okay like it you know, should the, have the, these things like, don't have to <laughs> exist forever you know it could have ended at the end of infinity war and that would have been a completely satisfactory ending yes but money but money right exactly that's the that's the the quintessential you know the the age-old thing of oh okay well artistically we should probably just stop but there's still a lot of money to be made so we're not going to yeah anyway i fall somewhere between the spectrum of like the really pretentious people that are like oh this isn't real cinema and the other people like "Woo, this is the best thing ever forever now there are a few you know like i am very much looking forward to spider-man across the spider-verse right um like there are a couple of movies that I am that, that I can in fact get and and even then it's not so much that I'm like I don't want it's that I am ambivalent. Yeah. Like I enjoy the movies that I go see. They're fine. You're I just not like hyped up for them like but, you used to be, right? Yeah. No, I can't be like awesome. Yeah. I, I get that was the last time I was see. really hyped up for one of those was uh, was Infinity War. You know. Yeah. I was really, I was super hyped up for Civil War as well, which definitely um, met the hype in my opinion. I love that movie. They're apparently making the Equalizer three. I'm actually excited about that. Sounds pretty cool. Obligatory mention of Diablo four, which I really don't care about because it just looks like a prettier yeah, Diablo three. I play, I play Path of Exile. I don't care about yeah about, yeah. about Diablo. Also, I'm sure it'll have a lot of. Uh, it looks like you know there'll be a lot of stupid, gross monetization. Not exactly bullish on Blizzard in general these days. I haven't yeah. really been for a while. We've we've uh, we've talked about it. We did an episode on. <laughs> if you <laughs> listeners, if you want to hear about how ridiculous Blizzard has become and how awesome they used to be many many moons ago, yeah, feel free to give it a listen. We did a full on episode about the rise and we called it the rise and fall of Blizzard Entertainment because yeah. that was a it was, that was a title that really wrote itself. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> another thing I'm looking forward to gaming wise is a sequel, um, Stalker Two: Heart of Chernobyl. No, oh, nice, interesting. Um, given, see, I feel like that's another multiple uh, endings of Stalker. That's another good example of a, a franchise that just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. like it's very Russian. There you go. Speaking of very Russian games, everybody should buy uh, Pathologic Two, even if you're not going to play it. In fact, you probably won't enjoy it. You're it, not it, really doing a good job of selling it, but continue. So yeah, it, it is one of the strongest arguments I've ever. The Pathologic games are one of the strongest arguments I've ever seen for why games don't necessarily have to be fun to be. okay what you mean like <clears throat> thought-provoking or something yes. like a story thought-provoking thing and or... artistic and, and and like that would still be if you're you're still enjoying something 
that's still fun in a sense, right? It's like yes, but like if like, you go, let's say you go, you go to a museum and there's some beautiful paintings. You usually don't describe it as fun, but you enjoyed it, right? There's... Yeah, except part of the not fun fun of Pathologic is how it is partially the jank. Um, people have described it as an as an emergent as an as a uh, what you call it a uh, <clears throat> what you call what. The kind of game that uh, that Deus Ex and the original Fallout's and things were wait dystopian? No, no, no. It's it's a kind of game. It's called the immersive sim. Okay. Um, which are immersive sims are games with emergent gameplay where like um it's complicated. Anyhow, um, it's been Pathologic has been described as an immersive sim with survival horror elements and um and thing and uh. And, you know, it's a first-person shooter, quote-unquote. But the shooting's bad. Um, the survive and, and really, it's not an immersive simulation. Uh, the best des description I've heard is that it is a pain simulator. Part of what it's makes here. the game compelling is that it is out to get you in many, in, in many various and sundry ways. And tells a very interesting story about mankind's relationship with science and the unknown and also like the uh, and also game players interactions with games it's hard to describe there's a three out there's a three and a half hour long uh video about it uh by a youtuber called h bomber guy that you could watch if you felt like it um, is it um is it you said path a lot is it like pathologic. pathological like no just pathologic the... yeah no i know but I, I just mean like how the fuck do you spell it P-A-T-H-O-L-O-G-I-C. Yeah, that's what so, I was saying. Like yes. pathological, but not actually the word pathological. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds confusing as fuck. So no, I'm going to link. I'll throw a link to the YouTube. I'm sorry. It's not three hours long. It's only two hours long. Oh, that makes easily all the watch it. Like, look, guys, I can't really describe this. It's really confusing. It's probably not going to be fun. It's out to get you. And here, watch a three-hour video about it to maybe understand. Two hour, it. and you can d totally watch it at one and a half speed. <laughs> but it's that's, really, that's not much. That's not much better. It's really yeah. good. Um, I will warn people, like, H-Bomber guy has... Um, has some politics that are extreme for that, that are kind of extremely left leaning for me. Um, but they don't play out in the, in his game review videos, but if you look at some of his other stuff, it can. So fair warning. I, I try, despite the fact that I am getting worse at it, I try to be as apolitical as I can with this podcast. Sometimes it slips out, but I try not to. So that's, that is your warning. If you don't care, if you don't care for left leaning politics, just stick to his video game content. Um, but uh, yeah, Pathologic is genius. A good video. And people should buy it so that they make more of it because the company that makes it regularly runs out of money because they make weird esoteric games and they're in Russia. <laughs> well, That's, there's a. <clears throat> that yeah, says net, about net. everything you need to. He's Russian. It has a very Russian sensibility. <laughs> for good or for ill. Right. Uh, let's see. Other movies. Creed 3 is coming out. Uh, as is uh, Indiana, the. Umpteenth Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones uh, apparently, Furiosa is going to be coming out in 2024. So not even here. Why is it on my 2023 adventure movie? I think it's supposed uh, to be ticker here. Uh, that Indiana Jones thing looks like a complete clusterfuck. I mean, Harrison Ford's about to keel over for crying out loud. And apparently, it's all just. It looks like it's just an elaborate thing to like, you know, just replace indiana jones with the female indiana jones for modern audiences looks really fucking stupid in my opinion yeah 
we could can't we just leave these old franchises like can can't we just can't we can we not like do we really have to do this i mean for crying out loud indiana jones 4 was universally reviled like that's still yeah like yeah. it's still a meme to this day that that movie never existed like that's still a thing and now they're like hey guys let's make another one only it's going to be even shittier and it's going to be even less related directly to the actual character it's like no it, this is what happens when they're making movies to like uh toot their own horn instead of actually turn a profit it just seems really fucking dumb to me it just looks creatively bankrupt on the other hand uh did this movie just come out which one yeah it just came out definitely need to try and hopefully see it friend of the show nicholas cage is in a western called the old way um, friend of the show do you have him on speed dial no but i i figured we call him that i kind of like it though friend of the show yeah well, he did give he did us an entire, entire episode, episode. Talking, about how, <laughs> talking about how he is a unique personality that we both love and hate. By the so way, I did mean... you see the footage of him like in the Superman costume back when that was still yes. going to be a thing? Yes, I oh, have. my gosh. It's so funny. His long ass hair. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, listener, please look up Nicolas Cage Superman and you, too, can see the video of <laughs> mm -hmm. apparently the, the TLDR is he was going to be. He was cast as Superman in a movie that never wound up happening, and they wasted a lot of time and millions of dollars. It was all scrapped. Uh, Kevin Smith apparently was specced for it at one point, too. You mean like he was going to direct it? Yeah. Wow, that's really... That sounds like an alternate universe, an alternate dimension. A um, Superman movie directed by Kevin Smith with Nicolas Cage as Superman. <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to have the suit, and he needs to fight a giant spider somewhere. Well, okay, what's this giant spider bullshit again? This direct some director has a director fetish want, has something. a thing for giant spiders. He went on to make Wild Wild West. Right, exactly. That's why I remember. Who who is that director? And it wasn't the director, the producer, but or uh, producer. Yeah, right. Okay, that's so that's so fucking weird. He has a thing. I mean, it's for a giant producer. <laughs> it's like okay, well, if you want that millions of if you want these millions of dollars to make the movie, you better put a fucking giant spider in it. I know, right? That's non negotiable. It needs a giant spider. <laughs> it's just so random. I don't know. John Peters. John Peters. Okay, I'll remember that. It's so fucking weird. Now, when directors have a fetish, you get uh, Quentin Tarantino with the feet thing. Seriously, that's a thing. He always has feet in his movie. It's like John pulp, with the it's like pulp fiction. Uh, pulp fiction. The whole like, oh, you know, foot foot massage, and then like Kill Bill. It's like, oh, wiggle your big toe and the big long lingering close up of your feet. Like Tarantino is totally into feet. If you didn't know. Yeah, but you know, good for him. I mean, good for him, but like. You know, maybe like I don't know, like try to like separate that from your movies. Don't kink shame, Mike. <laughs> I'm worried about I'm worried about screen time being wasted. Damn it! <laughs> if you want to get a director's cut where you have like five minutes of feet stuff, by all means. But like for the theatrical shit, like just stop <laughs> wasting our time. Make your own feet movie if you want. Like just stop wasting time. Just saying. The other things I want to try and draw. Brief attention as we wrap up. Um, Alan Wake 2 might be coming out this year, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Black Booth Wukong is a game that might be coming out this year, and I'm hoping. By the way, how meta great. would that be if like it got delayed, and you know, it's like, oh well, because it's about a writer, and he, they could get the shit out on time. <laughs> you know, like George R. R. Hey, I'm feeling there. kind of called out here. <laughs> well, no, hey, like man, they haven't, they haven't announced a release date. for it's not so much that, like, their remedy is teasing that it might come out this year, mm -hmm. but it also might not. By the way, just as a brief aside, isn't 
it's getting pretty uh, gratuitous where it's like, oh, we have a teaser that there might be an announcement for a teaser for a trailer for a game release. (laughs) There's like some fucking Inception shit going on here with these like media teases. I'm just saying. But I'm just everything that Remedy Entertainment has made. I that I've played. I have. They were the developers for Max Payne, right? They did Max Payne one and two um, before Rockstar bought it. Uh, They did Alec. They did Alan Wake. They did Quantum Break, which was really interesting um, game. Like it, it, it was good, but it was also it, it's kind of a mind bender. And then they did Control, and Control is a just a damn good game, um, excellent game that I feel like unlike unlike um, Pathologic, which you should buy to support the uh, the developer. Control is a game that you should buy because you want because it is a good game and you will enjoy it. It is a little freaky. Hmm? It is a little freaky. I played Control. Well, that that's the thing. It's like it it it's it's just it it's just mythosy enough without mm-hmm. being overboard on uh, in that manner. Right. Like the oldest house is where is where it all takes place, which is a building in the center of new york that no one can see unless you can see it um and- yeah, you know i can't hear you yeah I, I lost you too neil did we lose neil you have he appears to still be recording and i see him but he's not transmitting <laughs> craig's gonna have a uh, gonna have a field deal with this one yeah extra editing work ahoy <laughs> Poor neil. Neil, we can't hear you well I'll give it a minute here and i'll uh i'll piggyback um the uh in theory um, at some point this year, Baldur's Gate 3 will get a uh, an actual release. Right. An early access hell for a while. Oh, no, I've, I have said early access hell. Okay, so you've been, you've been following it. Yeah. Been playing and stuff. Yeah. Apparently, I heard from my uh, buddy of mine that they just released uh, Paladin. Ah, okay. Yeah, when Whatever I first got on, maybe. Bard was on there, uh, was just coming out. And I'm not hearing anything from, I'm not seeing anything from. I'll message him, mm-hmm. see if I can get a sign of life. Did you try Bard? Uh, not yet. Um, and now Neil's out of the, out of the, he's no longer yeah. in the studio. Okay. Well, Craig's still gone. It's like nobody having internet issues. Oh, there he is. Oh, oh he's back. Um, there we go. Yeah, it's just <laughs> filling uh, potential dead air there. What was, uh. My, uh, my router decided that it was a great time to, uh, to update its firmware and reboot. Oh, well, sounds... make a note for you to slice out a chunk of editing. We didn't really cover yeah. a whole lot. I just mentioned Baldur's Gate 3 is theoretically going to actually have a full release sometime by the end of the year. Right. But we don't know yet, and there's nothing announced. Nothing definitive. Yeah, apparently just had a Paladin update, and we've heard. Right. I'm talking the actual thing. Who knows how long. When my router does this, it tends to tr- it tends to do it at like every 10 or so. should probably wrap this up. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, yes, is going to be happening. Um, thing. Does anybody have an, a, a a rough timestamp of when uh, I when I uh, about thirty four, thirty five, eleven thirty four, eleven thirty five. Okay, so well, whatever, I'll find. It was about okay. three minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, controls great. It's you're playing as Delta Green in this universe. It's great. Go buy it. Play it. It's great. <laughs> Play this thing. If you it, it, you will probably like it. Oh, if, they'll be if doing you're the next the line uh, any, even remotely near mine, then you will probably like. It. Be doing the next phase of the Final Fantasy VII remake called Rebirth at some point. <laughs> Blah. 
I my my policy on that is oh okay you're gonna slow roll the the game then I'm just gonna like sit here in the corner with my arms folded not pay any attention until it's actually all fucking done and then I'll Same. play it. <laughs> you know I, I I'm might patient and play it. Wait. Yeah. I I am of the opinion that like I'm not. I am not nearly so much of a Final Fantasy VII hate, but at the same time, I don't think it deserves the amount of accolade that it gets. Oh, it's super overrated, but I've never been a hater. I've always thought it was a great game. I just don't think it's as great as everybody thinks it is. And my whole deal is maybe they could give some love to some of their other older games if like people six? stopped buying Final Fantasy VII stuff. Yeah, see, this is a quandary, right? Like... I like it. I, I don't think it shouldn't exist per se, but like like you said, the more they do that, the more that reinforces that they should just like double down on that shit instead of yep. other games. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyhow, um with my internet oh, deciding uh, to be a dick. I don't uh, think we mentioned it earlier, and it definitely bears mentioning because it's huge. Uh the new Legend of Zelda game will come out at some point here. Ah, uh, yes. I'm I think they may have put a release date out than, for than it. I am to, than I then like I've played Breath of the Wild, I could probably spend an episode talking about why it's a good game, but it's not a good old game. Fair, okay. That sounds like a very Neil take. Uh, is Iron Fist, good. <laughs> well, no, no, it, it it is a very good game in its own right, but mm -hmm. it shouldn't have the Zelda, the Legend of Zelda name on, hmm. um, because it is, but because it strays far enough from the proper from from the established zelda formula mm -hmm. um that it doesn't feel like a zelda game i mean i just i i fundamentally disagree with that take because i mean like super mario brothers for instance like okay super mario rpg and paper mario and all this different stuff and it's like oh well you know this has strayed so far from the usual side-scrolling format of mario i don't think you can really call it a mario game like eh, i just think that's kind of dumb like it is what it is. Like, so, it's still the uh, setting, it's still the franchise. So we're going to have to make this episode now so that I can properly uh, <laughs> elucidate my argument. We'll put it on the list. Um, anyhow, Breath of the I'm Wild 2 looks to fix my primary gripe with, final, with Breath of the Wild 1, which I think will probably make it the best Zelda game of all time if they <laughs> execute on it the way I think they're. Okay, I have to just mention this just because this is so crazy. Apparently there is... Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game, releasing at some point in 2020. That's a thing that's going to happen. Wasn't there like a Puppet Master versus Killer Clowns or something like that? It wouldn't surprise me. Killer. <laughs> Talk about something that nobody asked for. Good grief. I'm not hating, like, whatever. I'm like, more power to I hope it's a good game. I hope people have fun with it. I'm just like, this is just so... Out okay, of no one, <clears throat> no one asked for Sharknado, but they made how many of them? <laughs> well, well, see, yeah, here's the thing: nobody asked for it, but then when the first one came out, everybody loved how terribly dumb it was. How terrible it was! Right? So after the first one, everybody was asking for it. I mean, everyone that's mm. interested in you know stuff being stupid. Yeah, yeah like, no, so the, the real problem good. here is why are we resurrecting something that like? What 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 was the last piece of Killer Clowns um, content that was released? I have like, no, in no the idea. 80s. But hey, I mean, you were just talking about like you know a thing that's a new version of a text game from the seventies. So who fucking knows these days? Yeah, but that's at least a remaster of an existing game property. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Well, that's true. I don't know if there's to ever have had a, game. a single movie. Um, like. It wasn't even a franchise. It was a one thing that happened. 
Yeah, no, I mean that's what's that's what's so baffling to me about it. I mean, part of what's so baffling about it to me. And now apparently they are making a video game about it forty years later. What? <laughs> yeah. oh, there's gonna be a RoboCop game. Oh, okay. At least that's a franchise. That makes more sense. Yeah, it does because there's a whole franchise and there's like a reboot movie like that a handful was years bad. ago. And then yeah, they made an okay good. reboot, reboot, and called it. Uh... And then they made a much better reboot and called it Ghost in the Shell. I think my router's about to crap out on me, and we should wrap this up. Yeah. All right, any final All thoughts? Right. Uh, anything people are particularly looking forward to or rolling out their eyes about? I'm looking forward exist? to being able to spend more time with my friend. Aww. I'm actually kind of serious about that, even though I said it in the most <laughs> staggering way possible. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting more writing out this year. Let's see. For me, it's either Final Season of Cobra Kai or Final Fantasy. But break it down between like stuff you watch and stuff you play. I think those probably top my list for the hype train. That's fair. And that's final. Uh, um, I'm probably going to get back into it again here. Resume my Final Fantasy series playthrough with uh, re- resuming Final Fantasy IV. Uh-huh. See if I can remember what the hell was going on. Well, I finally, uh, I finally finished Final Fantasy IV: The After Years, which, who boy, that was a fucking slog. <laughs> Isn't it essentially the same game? Again? Yes, it's the same game, only disjointed. And uh, gosh, we, we can we can talk about that in another episode. But yeah. um, I, I forced myself like to finish episode. it. Um, but yeah. It just um, <laughs> there were moments that were like kind of fun and interesting and like it was nice like nostalgia wise and like seeing like some of the old characters again and like there were some characters that you know weren't playable in the original that were kind of cool like the little Luca Dwarven princess with her giant like boomerang axe thing that was kind of cool but like overall it's completely forgettable and just a big retread and just like a game that really didn't need to so yeah like but anyway my point is server. my point is yeah. Yeah, well, I'm a Vincent fanboy, though, so I kind of give that one a pass. Um, <laughs> I uh, my, my point, though, is that now that I've beaten that, I'm going to actually begin uh, my own count-up of the mainline FF games. So I don't know when, if and when I'll be catching up to you, but um, I will be... Well, t- I mean, I guess I'm not going to be playing the original Final Fantasy because um, I I beat that a while ago. I mean, I not the first time, but... I endorse the Pixel. Did you say heartily endorse? Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, okay. Oh, not just heartedly. But yeah, it looked pretty good. Um, I'm. They that's, are. That's what I'm going to do next. Is the FF2 Pixel uh, especially remaster. with two and three? They are the. They are honestly the way to to explain. So yeah, that's my trajectory. Is I'll be doing the um, Pixel remaster um, two through six, um, and then yeah, I mean, I guess from there on out, it's just the regular games. I'm not going to worry about the whole FS7 remake thing. Like I said, at some point, I may play that yeah. when it's actually all out, but I'm just setting that to the side for now. I agree. Well, uh, we hope that one thing you are looking forward to in 2023 is listening to at least 12 episodes of uh, Geek Fanthology with Neil. One true Ben. And Mike. And we will talk to you next time. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by the letter A and the number 1. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm. Ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please, please share it on your social media. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. Rate us on your... On, on your... Oh, 
podcast delivery service of choice. Or, if you really like us, please give us some money. We do this for free and are happy to do so, but it would certainly go a long way into making, uh, allowing us to improve the show. You can do so on a one-time basis via PayPal on our website at www.workingtheoryproductions.com or on a recurring basis, as little as $1 a month at, on Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A little goes a very long way. A final thought. Well, it's January. Happy New Year.